Welcome to the Eternal Family Podcast class. This is class number 10, where we examine the rights of children. How does Heavenly Father and the Savior feel about children? If you want to endear yourself to their hearts, love a child. But if you are going to take upon yourself the responsibility to bring a child into this world, accept the full responsibility that that entails. Protect them, love them, keep them safe. Heavenly Father has granted unto children numerous rights, and parents will be held responsible if they do not live up to the rights that Heavenly Father has granted to those innocent children. So let me introduce tonight's family concept and doctrine. It's one I feel very passionate about, and I need you to see the whole picture, not just the heavy stuff. I want to talk about Jesus and children. Jesus and children. You're familiar with the New Testament, suffer them to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. Do you remember when a child, a mom and a dad wanted to take their child to Jesus and Peter said, no, he's busy. And Jesus stopped everything and said, let me see the child. I want to talk about Jesus and children. Now I'm going to do this, this, unfortunately I get it. This is a little bit negative, but I want you to see the positive in the negative because I do. There is one word in the Book of Mormon that haunts me so very much as a father. I have 10 children. And there is one word, every time I read it, it haunts me. And I want it to haunt you in a good way. So do you remember, where in the Book of Mormon do we read about Jesus and the children? 3 Nephi 17. Turn with me to 3 Nephi chapter 17. His emotions are very high right now. He says, I'm leaving. I'm going to go to the Father. I'm going to go to the other tribes of Israel. I'm leaving. And as soon as he says, I'm leaving, they start to cry, right? But no one dared ask him to stay. And when he saw that, he was filled. Behold, my bowels are filled with compassion towards you. Have you any that are sick? Bring them, and I will heal them because of you. Now, great little doctrine here. Why did Jesus heal them? Because of you. Do you have power to cause someone else to receive a blessing? That's a beautiful concept. My bowels are filled with compassion towards you. Therefore, I'm going to bless them. Beautiful doctrine. You have power to send a blessing to someone you care about because of you. So as he heals them, he then says, okay, send me your children. Verse 11, he commanded that their little children should be brought. Now I want you to just picture Future you with your spouse and that firstborn child. You are holding a child. Your first child. Now, 
My oldest was a girl. Her name was Ashley. So just picture young Bryce and young Jennifer. I was 23 when she was born. She was born after my junior year in college. I was a senior in college and I, we had this newborn. So imagine little Ashley and Jen and I are holding little Ashley. And Jesus says, send me your children. So I take Ashley over and put him in the Savior's arms. Jesus is holding my daughter. And we're taking all the pictures and look, there, Jesus is holding Ashley. And then there comes a moment that haunts me. Now, this is third Nephi after the destruction, right? Are there any child molesters in America? No, because all the wicked have been killed, right? The only people who survived were survived because they were righteous. So are there any child molesters? Are there any kidnappers in America? Are there any people who will harm children in America? So Jesus is holding little Ashley and your child. And the first thing he does, he groans. Jesus is holding my little girl and he groans. Oh, why is he groaning? Why is Jesus hold, uh, holding my daughter and groaning? Well, he groans and then he prays and says, Father, I am troubled because of the wickedness of the people of the house of Israel. Now, let me set aside. There's no one's going to molest that child. No one's going to kidnap that child. He's not talking about strangers. What is bothering Jesus right now as he holds Ashley? Why is he groaning? Because of? Me! He's groaning because of me. He's looking at this perfect little girl, this sweet little daughter, and he's looking over at me and he's saying to Heavenly Father, are you kidding me? Really? Now, I don't think he's trashing me as much as what? What's this a commentary of? Not my inability to raise that little girl. What's he commenting on? The innocence of that little girl. And as good as I am, I'm worried about him raising her. As a commentary on her. Not a commentary on me. Tell me how he feels about children. Even the best of us, what does he feel about us? I don't know. I'll let you take her, Bryce. I'll let you have, she'll be your daughter. But just know I'm nervous. I remember that every single day. I remember Jesus groaning that I'm not good enough to raise these children. And the one thing I need to know is who they are and what he thinks of them. Do you see this as a commentary on Christ and children? He cherishes them. 
and he groans that they're not taken care of better than they are because he adores children. I think of that groaning a lot. Um, when my youngest, my, he's now nine, but when my youngest was about five, six, um, I was working on a project in the backyard. I was staining a door. So I had the door in the backyard and I was putting the stain on it. And it was pretty late. I was trying to catch the sun before it went down. And it was a Saturday. And the next day was Sunday. So we went to church. And it was back during the days when we had the three blocks. And the middle group, my wife taught and I didn't. And so she forgot something. She said, Bryce, could you run home and grab something and take Owen with you? He didn't like nursery. So I took Owen with me. And when we got home, I went to find whatever my wife was missing and Owen went out in the backyard. And I left the can of stain. No lid on it, just a can of stain. So my son... My five-year-old son comes walking in holding a can of stain in his church clothes. And my instinct was, Owen! And I startled him, just like I startled some of you. And guess what he did? He dropped the can of stain, and it went everywhere. And in that moment, I heard Jesus groan. I felt it. Don't you yell. Don't you yell at that child. You left that can out. He's simply trying to help you. He doesn't understand. You startled him. He dropped the can. Don't you yell. And I felt that. Now, I know Jesus loves me, but what was he teaching me? This child. You take care of that child. So let me ask you a question. Knowing this, how do you win the heart of Christ? What's one thing you could do that would instantaneously win Jesus' heart? What would please him more than anything else? Say that louder. Taking care of one of those sweet children. You want to please Heavenly Father, you take care of a child. You love a child. Nothing is more pleasing than taking care of those children and loving them and cherishing them and keeping them safe, right? Don't you sense that from all of this? The greatest way to win God's heart is to love a child. Let me share you a quotation that, again, shook me, shook me. I think you guys remember Boyd K. Packer, president of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. You guys remember Elder Packer, President Packer? President Packer, who rose all the way up to be acting president of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. He'd been in the Quorum of the Twelve for decades, 
looking back on his life, President Packer said something that shook me. Let me read it. Nope, that's not it. That's not the one. Hold on. Okay, ready? Jump. Come on, jump. Come on, jump. All right, let's just find it this way. Okay, ready? I'm going to put this up top. Let me read this. Now, this was 2002. He'd been an apostle for decades. He said, like my brethren, I have traveled all over the world. Like my brethren, I have held positions of trust in education, in business, in government, and in the church. I have written books and like them have received honors, degrees, certificates, plaques. Such honors come with the territory and are undeserved. Assessing the value of those things, all the honors, all the awards, all the trophies, all the accomplishments, the one thing I treasure more than any of them, more than all of them put together, the thing of most value to me is what? How our sons and daughters and their husbands and wives treat their children. The most important thing to an apostle who knows God's heart, has served him for 30 years, the most important thing to an apostle is how his children treat their children. And in turn, how our grandsons treat their little ones. What does that tell you about winning the heart of God? Wouldn't you agree that if he's being inspired to say this in general conference, that Heavenly Father feels the same way? The most important thing to Heavenly Father is how you treat his children. You want to win God's heart? Love a child. Take care of a child. Protect a child. Keep a child safe. Nothing wins his heart over more than that. Now, do you see the other side of the pendulum where we're going? Do you see where we're going from this? If loving a child is how you win God's heart, what's the other side of that? The easiest way to displease God is to harm a child. Therefore, when a couple brings a child into their house, how pleased is Heavenly Father that they want the child, love the child, are going to teach and protect the child. But what happens if they don't treat the child right? Let me show you a fascinating promise. Remember Lehi blessed his grandchildren, Laman and Lemuel's children. Anyone remember how he blessed, what he blessed them with? 
And he says, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless my grandchildren with what blessing? What was the blessing he blessed Laman and Lemuel's children with? If you are cursed, he says, I'm going to lift the curse off of you and lay it on your parents. Laman and Lemuel are responsible for any cursing that may come on their children because what didn't they do? What didn't Laman and Lemuel do? They didn't raise them in love and righteousness. Now, the Lord says the same thing. Turn to Doctrine and Covenants section uh, 58. Let's do 58. That was 2 Nephi chapter 4. Let's go to Doctrine and Covenants 58. Again, the responsibility. No, 64. Let's go to 64. Section 64, sorry. That's another promise for another day. Uh, dang it, that's not it. Sixty-eight. Sorry, sixty-eight. That's where it is. That's there. It is sixty-eight. Sorry, it took me a minute. How embarrassing. Doctrine and Covenants section 68, verse 25. Anyone want to read? Lord says, let's be clear. Now, uh, already unspoken is the greatest thing you could do to please me. The, 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 the thing that pleases me the most is that parents have children in Zion and love them and take care of them. Do you see, the way to please Heavenly Father is pretty easy. Love a child. But the other side of that, read it, 65, 68 verse 25. So same thing, if you don't teach that child, if you don't take care of that child, I will take the responsibility off the child and place it where? On the parents. So how great of a blessing do we receive when we have and love children? But how big a responsibility is that when we take Heavenly Father's children into our homes? So today we need to understand that Heavenly Father is very protective of children. And God has granted children certain rights. And all of us need to understand the rights that God has placed on children. They come to earth with certain rights. So let's find him. I want you to pull out your copy of the, deck, of the proclamation.
and see if you can find what God has declared. Now, let me tell you where we're at. I'll point out where we're at. So, remember, we did Father of Heavenly Father, the family of Heavenly Father, the family of Christ. So here we are here, starting in this paragraph, husband and wife have a solemn responsibility. So here's what I want you to do. There's a handful of them. I want you to find one that means something to you. Starting in that paragraph, heavenly husband and wife have a solemn responsibility. Tell me what has the first presidency in Quorum of the Twelve Apostles declared are the rights of children. What are the rights of children? Give everyone a minute to find one. What are the rights of Heavenly Father's children? Let me give you a minute to find them. Hold on, we're going to give everyone a few minutes. Again, do you see that balance? Nothing wins the heart of God more than loving and taking care of a child. But that responsibility to take care of a child is very significant. So what are the responsibilities of parents who do that, who take the responsibility to love a child? That's how they're going to win Heavenly Father's heart. But they need to remember what? So tell us what, you, what the right is and Maybe a brief thought as to why. Yep. Towards the beginning, it actually says children are entitled to birth within the bonds of matrimony and to be reared by a father and a mother who honor marital vows with complete fidelity. And that just makes me think of the fact to the us talking about the importance of even chastity too. Uh, that if you think about it, that choice of whether or not to keep it or don't keep chastity is going to affect. Yeah. It's not just about you and the person. It's not just about like, oh, we're going to be protected and stuff. It's the fact that there's a consequence of it. And sometimes depending on the situation is not going to be good. Yeah. And you've got to figure things out. And so they deserve to be able to be in a situation where they're going to be able to be taken care of. Children are entitled to birth within the bonds of matrimony and to be reared by a father and mother who honor marital vows with complete fidelity. Children have a right to be born into a home where father loves mother and mother loves father. And they honor the commitment they've made with each other. So let me push that. Or brought into a home. Or brought into a home. Not necessarily born, but brought into a home. So let me push that a little bit. You're dating. You're dating. And your unborn children are up there saying what? I have a right to being born within the bonds of matrimony 
to a mom and a dad who honor those vows. I think that's a significant doctrine that we are proclaiming. It's about children. I have a right as a child to the very best possible environment for my success. And the best possible environment for a child is what? Parents who honor their covenants. That is the best possible environment for a child to grow up in. Is for a dad to love his mom, the child's mom. A mom to love the child's dad. For them to walk side by side. You see how all of these doctrines now come together? For me to respect my wife and love her and have compassion creates an environment where the children will be the most successful. I owe it to my children to respect their mother. I owe it to my children to take care of my wife. You see how that all connects? I think that is a powerful doctrinal statement from prophets, seers, and revelators, that children have a right. Therefore, I will face my children if I break those covenants. Let me pause on this and show you again another haunting verse. Turn with me to Jacob chapter 2. The men in Jacob 2 were violating the law of chastity. And listen to what Jacob says those men have done. Last verse of chapter 2. Now, if you break the laws of chastity, you are doing what to your children? And what will Heavenly Father do if you don't place your children in an environment of success? This is haunting. Anyone want to read it? Because of your bad examples before them, and the sobbings of their hearts ascend up to God against you. And because of the strictness of the word of God which comes down against you, many hearts die, pierced with deep wounds. Now who's going to be held accountable for what happened to those children? Their dads. Their dads are going to be held accountable because if you want Heavenly Father to be pleased with you, you love a child. If you want Heavenly Father to be displeased with you, you harm a child. And what did they do? They pierced their hearts with deep wounds because of their lack of keeping their covenants. Now, do we honor repentance? Can you repent? Absolutely. But do you see the doctrine here? Children are entitled to parents who keep their covenants. Parent, children are entitled to come into a home of covenant keepers. Now, if you're not going to keep your covenants, it would be better to not bring a child into that environment. If you're going to bring a child into this world, you owe that child that environment. That's the doctrine that God is declaring.
Do you feel it? His love and admiration and yet his concern at the same time. Noah's Ark, too, where the world was just being so wicked and everything, and people think of it as like just punishing the wicked and stuff. But another way of thinking about it, too, is that it was actually an act of mercy as well, because the children are being born into the world, and it was just so wicked and everything that they weren't being able to be raised up in righteousness. So then God had to basically make a clean slate so that the children coming in had actually a chance. I owe it to them to make sure this is not the environment they come into. Okay, others. So go back to the proclamation. Everyone turn back to the proclamation. What is what do you see as a right of a child? Have the physical and spiritual needs provided. Okay, so let's find that, right? Children have a right. Uh, it's up at the top, right? Let's read this. I want to start here. Parents have a sacred duty to rear their children in love and righteousness. Now, before we get to that one, can we pause here? This is kind of an unspoken but assumed one, right? What is the child's greatest, what is the child's greatest right, perhaps? To know they're loved. To know that they are loved. I think of all the things you need to do in this world. Now, is it more important? Do you think, which one, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't do this, but which one would please Heavenly Father most? Going on a mission or raising a child and making sure that that child knew that they were loved? Do you see? This one tugs at his heart. Whatever you do, if you're going to bring a child into this world, which will please Heavenly Father more than anything else, but if you're going to bring a child into this world, you need to make sure that that child knows one thing and one thing most of all. And what is that one thing? That they are loved. That they are loved. And it pains me how many children in this world don't know that? Send them to me. Jen and I will love them. We got room in our house. If you're not going to love them, then let me have them because I'll love them. Because every child needs to know they're loved. Yeah. And that's what this one is, right? So let's get to, so children need to know that they're loved. They need to be raised in love and righteousness. And they need to be provided for. They have a right to be provided for, both physically and spiritually. Their spirit needs food as much as their physical body needs food. And you have a right You have a responsibility to feed that. Now, several of the brethren have pointed out that right now we have a lot of parents who are questioning their faith. Parents who question their faith. They doubt things in the church, and so they're being skeptical, and they say skeptical things. Now, what's going to happen when a parent is skeptical? 
Our children are going to grow up wayward. And who will be held accountable for that child's waywardness? Their parents. They have a right for their spiritual and physical needs to be provided for. If you're going to bring a child into this world, nothing will please Heavenly Father more, but if you're going to bring a child into this world, love them and provide for them. Provide for them. Okay, next one. Tell me what you found. We warn that individuals who violate covenants of chastity, who abuse spouse or offspring, or who fail to fulfill family responsibilities, and that, do you see what I'm saying? You want to please Heavenly Father more than anything else? Love a child. Nothing will get you on his good side faster or better or more deeply than loving a child. But if you don't take care of that child, then you will stand accountable to him that he sent his child to you and you neglected that child. Or worse, you did what? You abused that child. No one will be exempt from this. If you abused a child, you will be held accountable. The worst thing you could do is to abuse a child or the family. That's a heavy responsibility. And I don't want the weight of the heaviness to outweigh, I can get a blessing here because I'm not perfect. Guess what? I am not a perfect man and I make lots of mistakes but I have 10 children I love with all my soul. And what will loving them do when it comes to my imperfections? Do you see the point here? You want to get Heavenly Father's blessings? You want to get him on, on you want to be on his good side? Love his children. But if you're going to misuse, if you're going to abuse them, you will stand accountable. That's a powerful concept. Thank you. You got another one? Um, I was just going along what Carly said of Matthew chapter 18, verse The millstone. Six. Good. Read it. Um, it says, but whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the, of the sea. Um, and I think it's just going along with that same thing of God's just kind of saying, don't touch my kids. And like, if you do, it's better that like, so I was trying to find out how much a millstone. Was. Let me show you a millstone. Ready? Let me just show the picture. There it is. There's a millstone. That's how they grounded wheat. Yeah. You just put that. <laughs> you put that around your neck and throw them in the sea. Yeah. <laughs> now again you, you get the weight of it right don't harm my children 
Don't harm my children. And those of you who love them, if this is the negative, if this is how concerned Heavenly Father is, how grateful is Heavenly Father on the other side of that? Do you see my point? What? You kept them alive. You kept them alive. You fed them. You loved them. You taught them. That will weigh more heavily than anything else I've done. I think Heavenly Father will say, you were a pretty good teacher, Bryce. Taught some things that were questionable once in a while. You were a pretty good teacher. Good job. You get small points there. But they knew you loved them. And you get lots of points there. Do you see the doctrine? Okay, a couple more. I just wanted to comment on that sort of thing too, where I I heard like this thing, like from a therapist or something, that if you're so worried about raising children, if you're so worried about like failure or something when it comes to like providing or raising children, you're probably more likely to be okay. Because <laughs> you're worried about it. Because you are worried about them. But if you're just thinking, oh, I'll be good. I, there, there won't be any problems or anything. There most likely will be problems. So yeah. If you are worried about having family or having children, that's actually a good thing because... Good point. Good point. Listen, if a teacher with a, stay, with a wife who wanted from the very beginning to be a stay-at-home mom can have 10 kids and you can survive, you can do it. You can find a way in this very expensive world to provide the things that they need if you care about it. Please. Uh, so that's to uh, talk about another right of the children of um, childhood. Um, it's funny how in the proclamation, how it clearly says that we should be law-abiding citizens yeah. wherever we live, and that children have a right to grow up with parents that are law-abiding, because that's something that no one really thinks about. People think about like the spiritual side of everything, but that's a huge thing that we've always been taught in the history of the church is follow the laws and so I think let's listen I think you you would be bene- you would be benefited from making I love lists here so I need to provide for and I need to teach them a handful of things what is the give me the list of what I need to teach my children children have a right to be taught to love and serve one another that's I think that's first. My great responsibility is to to make sure they feel loved, provide for them, and then teach them to love and care for each other. And then number two, to observe the commandments of God. As the one he put in charge of his child, I need to point them back to him. And then number three, I think this is significant. I am to teach them to love and serve one another to teach them to observe the commandments and to be law-abiding citizens wherever they live. That's my responsibility. If I fail to do it, what's the last sentence here? 
Husbands and wives, fathers and mothers will be held accountable before God for the discharge of these obligations. Love them. Nothing will endear you more to Heavenly Father than loving His children. Loving them. Taking care of them, providing for them, feeding them watching the happiness in their highs. Love them, but understand the responsibility that that comes with to make sure you take care of them. Um, there's a scripture in Matthew that says, in as much as you have done this unto the world, the least of these you've done it unto me. And that goes for the good or the bad, how we treat God's children. Um, the Savior feels that. Yep. I leave you with my solemn testimony. You want to win Heavenly Father's heart, love a child. Take care of a child. Laugh with a child. Play with a child. Take care of them. Meet their needs. Give them something to eat that they enjoy. Give them a warm place to live. Make sure they feel safe and know that they're loved. That act right there will win you more glory from Heavenly Father than anything I know of. Love His children. But if you're going to love a child, accept the responsibility to take care of that child. That means keeping your covenants, letting them know they're loved, providing for them, and teaching them what they have a right to learn. May we be pleasing to Heavenly Father by the way we treat His children. Don't let Him groan over you. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Thank you for joining us for the Eternal Family Podcast class. This has been class number 10 regarding the rights of children. Will you ponder this week and discuss with a friend what you now see are the important messages that Heavenly Father would send to anyone who has stewardship over a child, especially parents? What do you now see are the supreme responsibilities and the blessings of parenthood? Mm -hmm.